0: Let's open our Bible Second 2 Timothy chapter 4 and pick it up where we left off uh, a few weeks ago, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we have this interest, interesting section we're going to look at today as well, uh, but a little bit of review uh Basically, Paul tells Timothy to fulfill all that God had called him to do, no matter what it is. And, and uh, really, that's, that's uh, a lesson for all of us, really, to be faithful, to be available, to be teachable. And I think that's important. Number one, he said to keep your head in all situations, you know, watch out for that panic button. It was kind of funny because uh, some people, uh, you know, when I talked about our house being wired for that, they, they thought I was kidding. Oh, no, no, they thought I was serious. I'm not sure which. Anyways, we've got to be careful of that panic button because we need to trust. The second thing was to endure hardship, that, that to serve God and to do what He wants you to do isn't always going to be easy. There will be times when it's just difficult. The third, he, to, to do the work of an evangelist, he says, and to, to do things that you know, maybe you're not that comfortable doing. Maybe it's not your main thing. It's not the thing you're, you feel like God's called you specifically to do. But, but be willing to do something outside of your comfort zone, I think, and see what God does. That's, that's always a lot of fun. But then the fourth is to discharge all the duties of your ministry, Paul told Timothy. And, and I think, you know, we talked about being a jack-of-all-trades. And, and uh, yeah, it's good to be a master maybe of one, but to be able to be willing to do whatever it is that God puts before you to do. Today I want to I want to look uh, to the next section there and, and really ask the question, you know, do you ever feel abandoned? Do you ever feel deserted? Or do you ever feel alone? Any of you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel abandoned? Do you ever feel deserted? Or do you feel alone? Paul the apostle and again uh, you know he, he kind of uh, brought this emotional thing that you guys uh, uh, appreciate appreciation and all that it's kind of emotional and but but we're looking at Paul the apostle and he was we kind of put him up on a pedestal and and, and think he's a super spiritual giant but he was he was human and he was, and this is kind of a personal section it's kind of an emotional uh, section that Paul you know talks about his situation and he is writing uh, his last letter. Again, this is Paul's swan song, the book of 2 Timothy. He knows that his time is just about over. This is his last writing. We know that. And we're getting to the end of his last letter, and he kind of gives these, these things that he shares. He knows that his time is short. And that's how he felt. This is how he felt. He felt abandoned. He felt deserted, and I, kind of, I think he felt alone. Now, after all the things that he's been involved in, I mean, he's been on you know numerous missionary journeys. Some count them to be four specific missionary journeys, and then other trips that he made, other places that he went and studied and ministered and shared and gave his life. And now at the end of his life, he's feeling this abandonment. He's feeling alone. He's feeling these things that, that uh, you know, wow. So he makes this plea to Timothy in these verses that we're going to look at today. He kind of continues it, but we'll, we'll look at the second half of it next week. Well, let's read in verse 9 through 13. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul and him writing these very personal, real words uh, to us. Help us to understand. Help us to apply. Help us to uh, take them for ourselves, Lord. Speak to our hearts, we pray, by your Holy Spirit today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... <clears throat> the first thing he says, is, of course, is, Do your best to come to me quickly, In verse 21 of the same chapter, he says to come before winter. And and at the end of that section, he talks about this coat, right, this cloak. But he did not know how much time he had. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like uh, we have now, we have these notices and we have, we know if you're on uh, death row, for example, you kind of know what the time frame is supposed to be, and even that gets stretched out. But but in that day and age, in, 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 in that situation, he had no idea when his time was, was, was up. He just knew that this was it. And I think God had, had you know, showed him in some way that this was going to be the end for him. So, he, in that situation, he asked Timothy, he says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. He wanted him there. He loved Timothy. He called him his son in the faith, right? He, he, he just had a very special uh, relationship with this young man. He'd mentored him. He'd taught him. He'd passed everything he could along to him. He knew, you know, what Timothy's uh, personality was like. He, he knew his, his strengths and his weaknesses. But he said, I want you to come to me quickly. But I don't think it's only because... He knew his time was short. I think it's because he really loved Timothy. And I think he was lonely. I think he, 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 he needed people around him. He needed people to come and be around with him. So he tells him to come quickly. He's, a, he's in a hard place. I mean, we forget that sometimes. You know, when we, we, we began the book, we study... We studied and we, we learned that Timothy, he's in this, or Paul, excuse me, is in this dungeon, right? It's in a cold, dark dungeon, nothing like, you know, what we have today. And it's a miserable, miserable ex- experience, a miserable existence, and he's in this place. And so he says to Timothy, Do your best to come to me quickly. Where did everyone go? I think is kind of what what uh, he was saying here, where did everyone go? Where did everyone go? Again, he's, he's been serving the Lord for all these many, many years, and now where is everybody? That's what he says here, isn't it? He kind of explains, and, and in this passage we see some were gone for good reasons. They were out serving. They were out doing something that was good. They were, they were sent, or they, they needed to be in a certain place to serve, to do God's work, to do whatever God wanted them to do. Others, not so much. He starts off with the not so much, doesn't he? In verse 10, he says, For Demas, because he loved this world, he has deserted me, has gone to Thessalonica. Demas had left. Demas, he says, has, des- has deserted him. or he had deserted him. And he's gone on to Thessalonica. Now, we don't know totally what happened to this guy, Demas. And I'll explain what I mean by that. We don't know that he left following Jesus. We don't know that whether he was a believer or not a believer, although it seems very strong that he was a true follower of Jesus. But he's left and because of the love of the world. Earlier, though, about let's say about five years earlier, Paul writes in two different places, in Philemon and in Colossians. In Philemon, he says, he says he's sending greetings. He says, and so do Mark and Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. So he calls Demas one of his fellow workers. So that's pretty strong that he's a believer, he's a follower. And he's, a ser- he's serving the Lord. This is about five years earlier. Now here in this place, what does he say? Colossians, again, also backs it up that he was there, and he was there with Luke, the doctor, it says, in Colossians 4. So what happened to this guy, Demas? Not only Demas, but now it's affected right it's affected Paul. It's, it, Paul is feeling pretty bad about it, and it's, a, it's not a happy situation, right? Demas, he's deserted me because he loved this world. That's not a happy kind of situation, is it? Things change, though, don't they? From five years earlier? Demas, it appears, anyways, that he began well. But how is he finishing now? Demas, he began well, but how is he finishing? Is he going back to the world? Or is he just giving up serving that's why I say it's a little bit unclear what exactly he's doing. He says he went to Thessalonica. Did he just completely abandon the Lord as well? Or is he just, I, I just can't serve. I can't stick it out with you, Paul, here anymore. This is too much for me. It wasn't an easy task to, to be associated with Paul in those days, by the way, because uh, the persecution was great. So, but he's gone back now and, and you know, he, he started off well and now the question is, how is he finishing? And he deserted Paul for the things of the world, things of the love of this world, this world system. You know, it is, it is definitely true that the things of this world can pull us away from serving the Lord. And it's also true that the things of this world can pull us away from supporting one another. Well, I'm too busy right now because I need to... Something in this world's pulling on me and I really, I can't support you. I'm not there for you because I'm tied up in this thing or that thing. The things of this world like possessions, like status, like entertainment. I want to say watch out because the pull of the world is strong. Watch out. Jesus talked about his disciples in He prayed for his disciples in John chapter 17. He said, you know, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but he says, I'm praying that you protect them from the evil one in this world. So we're we're to be in the world, but not of the world. I think that's an important uh, distinction to make for us, that we're in the world and we need to function here. We need to be, you know, a part of society. But we're also called to be different. In it, but not of it. I have to tell you this. Thanksgiving Day, uh, they came to us, and, and I was on the phone talking to my dad. And uh, they said, you got to come out here. you got to come out here right now. And I said, well, okay, whatever. What is it? So I come out, right, and they said, and Anthony was on the other phone, right, and they said, okay, we, got, we, we need to give you something, you and Mom. We need to give you something. So they brought out these smartphones, right? Now, we have been very happy with dumb phones. <laughs> so, so now it's going to take me like, I don't know how long to figure out how to work this silly thing. So, so, I can figure that out, but you know what? Even that thing can be the world pulling us in. We need to be careful. Now, the world can be right in our pockets, right? Well, you can't even notice the person around you because you're doing this. How, how often do you look around and see people that are going like this all day long, wherever they are, and they don't even notice you at all? Does that happen? Don't worry, I'll learn how to work the silly thing. My, my kids are over here, they're going, to, he's not even thankful. <laughs> no, I am thankful. Sort of. Sorry. Things of the world. Be careful, be careful. John said this, right, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, and you can read along with me, he says, do not love the world. Or the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Don't love the world, the things that the the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. These things are all kind of pulling at us. And Demas, it appears that it it got to him. And he said, you know what? I am out of here. We don't know how he ends up. We never hear what happened with him. But we do hear in this situation that Paul's feeling it. Paul Paul is, you know, it's affected him deeply. That this guy, you know, he was there, he was his co-worker five years ago. He's, he wrote about him five years earlier. He's his co-worker. And what has happened to him? What happened to you, Demas? Made me think, too, uh, you know, Jesus kind of felt that, too, didn't he, when he was going to the cross? What does it say? That, that all of his disciples, not just Peter, by the way, but it says all of his disciples, they deserted him and they fled. All of them deserted him and fled. It's kind of a human thing, isn't it? So let's keep Demas in mind, but let's move on because there's more than that, right? There's a guy named Crescens and a guy named Titus. We're going to look at Titus uh, at a future point. We're going to study the book of Titus, and he's another one of Paul's uh, guys, young men that he was uh, mentoring. But Crescens, we don't know much about him. It says he's gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. And I think these were for good reasons. They went to serve. They went to do good, right? But yet, it still affected Paul. Even though they went out for a good reason, it still affected him. You know, I know that you guys feel this way too. Those of you that have been here for a while, we've had people come and we've had people go, right? And even when people leave for good reasons... Or bad reasons, it still affects us. It still hurts. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it hurts more when they leave for good reasons. Because, you, because you're, you love them. And not that you don't love the others. It's just there might be a problem there and it's like it's hurting in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Paul was affected by these things. Even when they were gone out to serve... Look at verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. Luke the doctor, right? Luke the writer of the gospel of Luke. Luke the writer of the book of Acts, right? And he was there, and, and he's, he, he appears that, that he's the only guy that was faithful, that stuck by him after all this stuff was going on. He's like near the end of his life, but there's still one guy. There's still one guy that's hanging out there with him. You know what, that, that really s- strikes me. Can we be that one person? To stick it out, to hang out, to be there when everybody else is gone, can we be that one person for somebody when they're getting to the end of their lives, when they're getting to a place when, when it's just very, very hard? It's a challenge, isn't it, for us? Because we got stuff to do. You know, we got we got uh, you know smartphones to try to figure out. You know, we got television programs we need to watch. Computers to fix and work on and figure out. We got all kinds of stuff, and there may be somebody right next to you that is hurting. Well, Luke the doctor, and he wasn't, he wasn't even doing medical stuff, right? He was doing spiritual stuff, I think. He says, Luke's there with me. He wasn't completely alone. That's kind of cool. He wasn't completely alone. The next one he says there, though, is Mark. He says, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Now he knew his ministry was coming to a close, but he says, get Mark and bring him. He requests Mark specifically to come. Now this is this is interesting, and some of you know the backstory, but as you understand the backstory, this makes it incredible. Again, Demas was with him, and Demas left. He deserted him, right? It's it's actually kind of similar what had happened to, to, to Paul and Mark much, much earlier. Now, I want you to turn with me because I want you to see this. Acts chapter 13. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Acts chapter 13. Paul is going out with Barnabas, right? Paul and Barnabas on what they call the first missionary journey. When they went out and they were sharing the gospel, the love of Jesus with uh, as many people as they could. And look at verse 5, though. It says, When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. You say, Well, that says John, but, but we know that he's speaking about John Mark, is, is how he's also known. We'll see in another verse. So he's there as, as their helper, right? He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't, you know, anything. You say, well, you know, I'm not much, and, and I'm just a helper. And, and we, it's interesting, we, we, were, we were asked uh, for helpers today. John Mark was just a helper. Jump ahead to verse 13. From Paphos, Paul and his companions, they sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them. To return to Jerusalem. That's all it says right there. John left them to return to Jerusalem. He was just a helper. You say, no big deal, it's just a helper. He left. He had something else he needed to do. What what happened? We don't know exactly what happened, but for some reason he bailed, right? He's gone. Now look into John uh, Acts chapter 15. Go ahead a couple of chapters. Acts chapter 15. See, this is all the context of when Mark says, when John, when Paul, I'll get it right, when Paul says, get Mark and bring him with you when you come. They finished the first journey. Mark had already gone. They're now about to enter the second journey. And this is, again, this is about uh, the late 40s A.D. First missionary journey, about 47 A.D., uh, The second journey is about 49 A.D. When Paul's writing the letter of 2 Timothy, it's about 65 A.D. So we're talking uh, quite a few years later. But look at verse 36. He says, uh, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. We'll do some follow-up. And Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. He said, No, I don't want to take, I don't want to take him. He wasn't, he wasn't consistent, he wasn't faithful. He left in the middle. Verse 39, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, committed by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. They actually separated. Paul and Barnabas, who were like this team, they actually split apart because of this guy, John Mark. Now, Barnabas, by the way, uh, uh, in full disclosure, I have to tell you that that Mark is actually Barnabas' cousin. Right. Not that it made a difference, but just so you know that, he was his cousin. So Barnabas, he said, I want to take Mark. We we should take him. Paul said, I am not taking him. It wasn't wasn't an easy thing that happened there. It wasn't a small thing. It was bad enough where these two guys said, you know what? I'm going to go this way and you're going to go that way. And that happens sometimes. People separate over things like this. Disagreement leads to that separation. Now, back in Second Timothy, which is about eighteen years later, right? He says, "Bring Mark. Get Mark and bring him, bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry." That's kind of cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This. Traumatic thing that happened this bad thing. Now, it, it, it appears that actually in Colossians 4.10, Paul Mark, uh, Matt, uh, mentions Mark's name already, so, and that was about five years earlier. So really, it was, it was about 13 years uh, uh, that we know of that, that Mark was kind of back in the good graces of Paul, so to speak. But what happened? What happened to him? What happened to Mark? And I wonder, I wonder about Demas too. Could could things change in his life? I think so. We don't know, we don't know, but I think so. But Mark, maybe he was just young. You know, he was a helper. He was just young and he couldn't couldn't hang. But maybe he'd kind of grown up. You know, I'm hoping that I grow up one of these days, too. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't always have to do with age, does it? That's what I mean by that. Now that I'm fifty. But well, maybe he'd learned, maybe he had he had, you know he'd, he'd proved himself. Or is that proven? I don't know. I don't himself. Maybe he'd proven himself, you know, and, and he you know he realized hey, if I'm gonna serve, I'm gonna serve, and I need to be faithful. I need to, I need to show up, I need to stick it out, even when you know the going gets tough, right? Maybe that's why Paul said to Timothy, you know, endure hardship. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it gets hard, and when it got hard and, and, and uh, Mark couldn't handle it, but maybe he'd learned. But for me, it's kind of this idea that he had failed, but then he had been restored. There's always another chance, right? There's, you know, to, to get back. And, and maybe he didn't begin so well, but he was finishing much better, Right? Can you see the, the contrast between Demas? You know, he, he was doing well, and then we don't know how he's finishing, where, where, where Timothy, excuse me, Mark, he, he, he didn't begin so well. He deserted Paul, but now he's back, and, he, and Paul's saying, I, this guy's important, he's helpful. I need guys like him around. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Demas and Mark, this contrast. There's a few other guys as we bring this thing to a close. He says, I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Paul in Colossians calls him a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. And he was a guy that Paul would send with, you know, with, with communications. And maybe some think that, that uh, he was sending... Uh, Tychicus to Ephesus to kind of fill in for Timothy so that Timothy could come to meet Paul there in Rome. But again, Paul could have held on to this man. But he sent him out again and he sent him out many times. He sent him out again, but it still affected him. Paul was human. We'll see in his last request, his final request. Look in verse four, uh, 13. He says, "When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and my scrolls, especially the parchments." Again, you know there there was no uh, you know prison issued garments. You had what you had, or what people brought to you. And now he says, you know what, winter's, winter's coming, bring that cloak, I need that. It's, it's wicked cold. Wicked dock down here. But he says, bring the scrolls too, and I think that's kind of awesome too. He says, bring the scrolls, and, and especially the parchments. scrolls were like papyrus, and the parchments were like animal uh, skins that they would ride on. Now, were these written on or, or were they blank? I think they were probably both. I think he had scriptures that he wanted. I, I want the scripture with him, but he also wanted something to write on. And, 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 and he, was, he was staying active to the very end. He wasn't in there feeling sorry for himself, although it was a lonely, hard place. But, you know, he wanted, he wanted to stay busy to the end. He wanted to stay active, and he wanted, he wanted those things. Paul was in a hard place. But he had people like Luke, and he had people like Timothy, and he had people like Mark. I read this quote, and I kind of like it. Uh, it says this, Paul's desires were simple at this stage of his life which was the end. He wanted to be in the presence of friends, to stay warm, and to refresh himself in the Scriptures. Simple desires at the end of his life. He wanted friends, he wanted some warmth, some comfort, and he wanted the Word, the Scriptures. I think that's probably pretty awesome, to have the Word, to have the Scripture. When we get to that place, he has these guys. He, he, notice, uh, I, I like what he says there in verse 13 when you come, Timothy. You know, first he says, do your best to come to me quickly, but then in verse 13 he says, when you come. In other words, not if, but you are coming. <laughs> you will come. So, who do you and I have? Do you have someone you can call? Or maybe who are you and I to other people? Can they call us and say, "Hey, can you come over?" I'm having a hard time. Next week uh, we're going to see. Ultimately, it's Jesus in the end. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Ultimately, yeah, we have friends and we have people, but ultimately, it's Jesus that's going to stand by us. I don't know how many times in my life where I was in a situation and I was I tried to call someone and they were not available. So what did that force me to do? Go directly to Jesus. And he's always been faithful to be there. We're going to talk about that next week. Friends, warmth in God's Word, the Scripture. Let's pray, shall we? We're going to have communion. Father, we thank you for Paul the Apostle. We thank you for what he can teach us. And as he's written these words... Sometimes we feel abandoned. Sometimes we feel deserted and lonely, all alone. But you've given us uh, family, spiritual family and family members to be there with us. Lord, I pray that, that you would meet with us in those places, through these people. I pray that we'd also be the people that would that would be there and people like Luke who would hang in there to the end. Stay with us. We'd be people like that. It's not always easy in this world and not always easy coming to the end of this life in this world. And I pray you'd help us in those times, Lord. But ultimately, we know it's you. You, Lord Jesus, the shepherd, our good shepherd. You'll always be there for us. Which brings us to communion, that that you gave your life for us. You proved you loved us. You proved that you would always be there because you gave your life for us. And so as we come, and even as we take this time now to to celebrate communion, we think of the cross where you gave your life. Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. That's what you did. I pray here today, Lord, perhaps someone here is feeling so abandoned, so deserted, so lonely that, Jesus, you would uh, restore to them some hope and show them your great love. Maybe they've never accepted you and and received you as their Lord and Savior. Today is a good day to say, Jesus, I'm like that person. I need help. I need you. And so please... Come into my heart and come into my life today. And Lord Jesus, I know that you will and you know the cries of our hearts. You know who we are. You know where we are. We just pray you'd help us prepare our hearts even now as we prepare for communion, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.